Hey, it's Matt Cross from UMass Basketball, and I've got a slam dunk insurance recommendation for you. I'm a Massachusetts native myself, and I know the importance of hometown loyalty and toughness. When I need insurance as tough as me, I choose Amherst Insurance. They've had UMass Basketball's back for decades, and they'll have yours too. Trust me. Amherst Insurance isn't just an insurance agency. They're a part of our community, deeply rooted in Massachusetts values. They understand the hustle, the spirit, and the pride that defines us here. So if you're looking for a hometown insurance agent who's got the same drive and determination as me, it's Amherst Insurance all the way. And remember, when you make that call or visit the NathanAgencies.com, tell them Matt Cross sent you. UMass fans, Josh Coney, the latest addition to the UMass basketball family. The energy here is unreal, and let's not forget UMass football season is revving up, and I'm all in. Now listen up. Moving can be a hassle, but five college movers made my transition seamless. Mention my name, Josh, and you'll not only score exclusive pricing, but tickets to a UMass basketball game of your choosing, courtesy of five college movers. So UMass fans, let's rally for football, get ready for basketball, and when it's time to move stress-free, team up with five college movers. Go UMass. And a big welcome back to Commonwealth Conversations, everyday Minutemen stories brought to you, as always, by the Massachusetts Collective. I'm your host, Nathan Strauss, and we've had some pretty great guests on this show so far, but this is our first guest who has a banner, a statue at UMass, and he's done so much more than that. It is the one and only Marcus Canby. Thank you so much for uh, for taking the time to hop on today. No problem. Thanks for having me, Nate. So before we talk about some of the, the UMass stuff, I wanted to ask about the White Lion, which, if you haven't been, is a great venue. How did this project start with you and your business partners? Well, it pretty much started out with a conversation a couple of years ago with, with Raymond Berry, uh, the owner of the White Lion in Springfield. And we talked about how we can collaborate and do something for the great state of Massachusetts. And it pretty all started out with a conversation. And then it led to me having the Marcus Canby IPA beer, uh, which has been tremendously worldwide receptive. Uh, it's been great. It's been doing well in the area. And um, from that point on, we decided to let's do something by the university. Let's just try to bring a white line up there and see if we can capitalize off the momentum that we have. And, you know, with all the great things uh, that I've done for the university and the town up there that maybe can be a great collaboration for us to have. So, you know, one thing led to another, one thing led to another, and, and you know, here we are. So I'm very excited about the venture that we um, branched off to. And for people who don't know, it's on North Pleasant Street, right in downtown. And uh, there's a big event coming up next week that we'll talk about you know, today, but uh, brunch with Marcus Camby uh, on the 4th, uh, the 4th, Saturday, the 4th, homecoming weekend from 11 to 3. Uh, what can people expect uh, from that brunch? Uh, it's going to be great. You know, homecoming weekend. I know a lot of alumni coming back into town. Uh, you know, a lot of people be going to the football game as well as myself. But uh, from 11 to 3 at the White Lion um, location, we're going to be having a brunch there with myself. A lot of distinguished guests, a lot of alumni coming through. So I'm looking forward to, you know, re-meeting everybody again, having the UMass community come together as one, and just hopefully just have a good time and definitely head over to the football game and hopefully watch the UMass minimum football team get a win. So I'm excited about that. I'm always excited about being in the, in the area. One of the last times that I think you were in the area on campus was that, that Hall of Fame weekend when the statues were unveiled and, and you were with so many people from that team that got inducted into the Hall of Fame. How often are you in contact with with the guys and, and with Coach Cal and, and that whole group? 
Well, with Coach Cal, we talk like uh, every other day, <laughs> you know, even till this day. He's always been, you know, like the father figure, the head coach that he was to myself as well as my other teammates. And we have a real close relationship, you know, rebonded by, you know, him being my coach, rebonded by all the former players that he has in the NBA. So anytime I see a guy like a Derrick Rose or a DeMarcus Cousins, you know, the topic of combo is always about coach and how coach is doing. So we're rebonded by him. So we talk frequently, as well as my other teammates. Uh, we're all still in a group, big group chat. So every other day, the group chat is shrinking off. Somebody's telling jokes or Rigo's saying something or Carmelo. So it keeps us, you know, real, you know, tight mind and it keeps us real, you know, what we're going on with each other. You know, we get to check on each other, see how the others are doing, how their families are doing. So it's good to have that support and it's good to always reach out to those guys because those guys were not instrumental uh, to the university, but also to my life and my maturation as a player. Who's the funniest person in that group chat? Oh, it's definitely Rigo. Rigo Berto Nunez. He's, <laughs> he's always been the team clown. He's always been the one that keeps everything light and always keeps, you know, things very jovial. So, uh, you know, without him, it wouldn't be as fun. Uh, but, you know, all the guys in there, I mean, from Tyrone Weeks to Edgar and, and Carmelo and Dante Bride and Dana Dingle. So, you know, it's fun to you know, interact with those guys on a daily basis. I think that would have been that would have been my guess. I think I would have guessed I think a lot of people. <laughs> he's he's joined a couple of like spaces on Twitter and we saw how he interacted with everyone at that Hall of Fame weekend. He's just he's always got everyone laughing. Um, Rigo's the best. He's the best. Let's take it back a little bit to um, when you were getting recruited to UMass. I read um, about, you know, what what Bill Baino was saying, you know, about when he saw you for the first time and was recruiting you. But what do you remember from that recruiting process when you were kind of making your decision and, and going through that process? I mean, it was kind of tough because, you know, I had every school in America sending me letters or, or calling myself or calling my mom, you know, trying to get me to go to the school. And I was just like, I don't know where to go. I don't know where to go. But I did know that I didn't, didn't want to go too far away from home. So uh, when it came down to it, uh, we had our visits and, we had, you know, when a, the coaches come to your house and try to recruit you and, you know, it was time for UMass to have their visits. So, you know, Coach Spano and Coach Kyle came and, I always tell the story that, you know, Coach Cal can sell water to a well. I mean, he sold me, he sold my mom so much that after he got up and left, she was like, you're going with him. So <laughs> the impression that he left on myself and as well as my mom, um, you know, we still talk about it to this day. So I'm very appreciative of the support that they showed me. What was Amherst as a, a town and as like a, a college sports town like back then in the in the early 90s? Well, for me, it was different coming from Hartford, Connecticut. I'm used to being in a, not a big city, but I was a city boy. And coming to Amherst is more of a town and more laid back and more of a college town. So it was kind of like a little different, a little culture shock to myself. But, you know, once I got up there on my visit, I just saw around. I was like, man, this is a great school. You know, it's not just a basketball program. I was good. And then the hockey team was good. The lacrosse team was good. Uh, and when I stayed in the dorms out there in Southwest, I was you know, roommates with a couple of lacrosse guys. Those guys were, they knew how to party and have a good time. So, you know, I was a guy who, you know, when I was up there, I, I, I watched all sports. I went to the hockey games. I went to the lacrosse games. I went to the baseball games. So I wanted to take that whole college experience in. But as a whole, from the UMass basketball side of things, um, I felt that that was the right school for me. I felt that they were a program on the rise. And um, 
you know, I was going in. Uh, ironically, I'm going to tell the story that we went to this ABCD camp uh, before uh, my senior year. And the camp was out there in Irvine, California. And you never guess who my roommate was. Edgar Padilla. <laughs> who was next door? Carmelo Travieso. And I never knew these guys for anything. And it was just like kind of ironic how our careers and our lives came forward to where I was joining the University of Massachusetts. So um, it was great being at the school with those two guys who I was familiar with. What was the adjustment for you like to play in college ball? Because, you know, you were you were just so dominant in high school and obviously dominant in college as well. But your numbers increased year by year. And so did your physique. And you put in the time in the weight room. But what, what sort of spurred that that adjustment for you? Well, I just think, you know, just the, the veterans that we had on the team, you know, I learned a lot from being around Lou Rowe, who was a true professional, who, in my opinion, uh, was the face of UMass basketball. I know a lot of people like to give me the credit and like to give me the due, but, you know, before me, man, Lou was really dominant. Uh, he was, whenever there was a big game, Lou showed up, he, he, he produced, and he led us. And I and I was sitting back as a freshman just looking, like, looking at him every day and seeing, like, that's where I need to get to. I need to get my game right. I need to get my vocal skills up so I can be a leader, so I can have my teammates follow me. So once I got my opportunity uh, when he left, I just had to take advantage of it. Uh, you know, I felt that uh, we had a great team. You know, we had great runs each year. Uh, you know, seemed like every year we seemed to get better and better. My teammates got better. Uh, they grew and they matured. And it was our time to... Uh, you know, take that next step, I thought we were ready for it. While this was happening, too, you know, a lot of the Boston teams were really struggling. And so it was almost like the entire eyes of the state was on UMass. And there was a lot of national media, everything like that. Did you enjoy that kind of pressure and that focus and all the the lights being on, you know, the, the Curry Hicks cage? I mean, it was fun. You know, I didn't get a chance to uh, to play in the cage when I, my first year was. Yeah, uh, the Mullen Center, was, rather. <laughs> was the Mullen Center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We practiced in the cage, though. But, I mean, just to be put in, that, in the spotlight. You know, one thing about Coach Cal, you know, even though we played in the Atlantic 10, there's nothing like a lot of great nationally ranked teams. He also made sure that our non-conference schedule was the best. I remember my first year, uh, my freshman year in the Garden in New York, uh, we played the number one team in North Carolina. We knocked them off. My sophomore year, the Arkansas team who won the national championship came to Springfield. We knocked them off. Uh, my junior year, we played Kentucky, the number one rated team out in Detroit in a great A classic, and we knocked them off. So he always put us in a position on national TV for us to showcase our skills and also bring a lot of great attention to the university. I mean, you guys played some teams with some absolute dogs, some, some you know, basketball Hall of Famers. Um who was the toughest opponent that you guys had in your time? Wow. Um, I played so many, like you said, so many great teams that I can name, you know, from the Carolina team, our freshman year with, you know, Rasheed Wallace and Jerry Stackhouse and, you know, to the Arkansas team with Corliss Williamson and Scotty Thurman, you know, to that Kentucky team that had like five or six NBA players with Antoine Walker, Tony Delk, Mark Pope, uh, Derek Anderson. I mean, Elizabeth goes on and on so uh, those teams were, were were great teams uh and it really tested us it really you know we used that as measuring sticks to see how our game was up and how we stacked up against opponents in different schools so um you know, i'm very thankful for that competition 
there were obviously guys who you faced um, in college, you know, especially AI who, you know, ended up going right before you, who you ended up facing for the better part of a decade after that too. What were the relationships like with both the guys at UMass, but also some of the guys who you played on that UMass or played rather when you were at UMass who made it to the league afterwards? Right. Especially with AI is like a, <laughs> the running joke I had with him was that I ended his college career in knowing that we have played Georgetown in the Elite Eight uh, during my junior year. So that was the running joke that we had against him. And, and from there, we you know, we're lifelong friends. You know, we're family. So, you know, anytime um, I get to see against guys or how I played with or played against, there's always great memories about the past and, and, and what we went through. But um, just being around my teammates, uh, being around those guys just pretty much made me a solid basketball player. But you know, AI is probably the best basketball player that, I, that I've played with. Uh, one of the best basketball I played, you know, I played with a lot of Hall of Famers, but he was probably the most memorable one because we had a lot of great success in Denver. When it comes time to when you were when you're looking back on your UMass career, what's your favorite game that you played in? Oh, my favorite game that I played in at UMass uh, is this. It's been so many. We had so many games and so many battles. I can talk about the battles that we had with Temple. You know, uh, you know, the night when <laughs> Coach Chaney went after <laughs> Coach Cal. Uh, for us having to go back down there that year to play in Philly, having to have a police escort. I mean, that was surreal. That was a crazy environment. Uh, like I said before, knocking off Carolina number one in the garden. Um Another number one team, like I said, in Arkansas, Kentucky. All those were all those were great games, but those Temple U match rivalries, uh, you know, even till this day, you know, a guy like Rick Brunson, he was a former teammate of mine, you know, a Temple legend. We always used to talk about those times and those games that we had against each other. So those ATM rivals back then were very crucial. Absolutely. And it also is, I mean, I don't want to say it was the golden era of college basketball, but you look back at, at who was playing the kind of teams that were playing at that time. And it really does seem like it was the heyday of college basketball. Uh, you know, when you're looking back as in, right now, when you're sort of watching basketball or, or seeing UMass and other teams, how do you view kind of where basketball as a sport is at? Cause obviously as a, as a, you know, a, a pretty dominant defensive center, that's a position that's, you know, evolved a lot since your days. Where do you see like the sport right now as a whole? I mean, I always love the game of basketball, but it's sort of a little different now. You have teams with different alignments and different conferences from when I when I grew up and then I played. So from that aspect, it's a little different. But, you know, I enjoy the game. You know, I wish that, uh, you know, more guys would have the opportunity to stay longer in college. I think with, you know, guys leaving early for the NBA, I think at times it kind of waters down the game a little bit because you don't get to see these guys reach their full potential that they need instead of jumping and going to the NBA and they're being like the 10th, 11th man on the team. So you know, I wish college athletes would stay a little bit longer. I think that will promote the whole college game a whole lot better and make it more appealing to watch for the fans. When you would come back to Boston um, and, and play, you know, at, I guess at that point, the Fleet Center and now uh, now the yeah. Garden, would like would Jason Germain like hit you up for tickets? Like would the UMass guys, you know, try to get in that game and just uh, you know, to give you that support back? All the time. I mean, JG, wherever I was in the town, JG already know he had a ticket. He's, you know, he's the UMass, the real UMass legend around there. So Jason Germain is is my brother, uh, always a lifelong friend. He always takes care of me. He always checks on my mom, makes sure my mom is straight. So I have a, a high affinity for, for for JG. He's my guy. But 
when I used to play in um, Boston, uh, you know, Ted Cottrell used to come to all the games. Dante Bright lived up there. He came to the games. Tyrone Weeks lived in Rhode Island, so he used to come up to the games. So um, it's good to have that support, uh, and especially coming back into the area, especially in Boston. There's always some UMass alums uh, all over the place. So uh, I'm very thankful for that support that I had. Speaking of support, you've given a lot of support to UMass over the years. Um, and it, obviously, it's not everyone does that. And for you, as someone who is one of the figureheads of you know UMass athletics over the years, uh, mm -hmm. I personally think like that's very important. But what kind of drives that support in your mind? Um, coming to the university has done so much for myself and my family, you know, not just, you know, on the basketball level, but you know, from an education level as well. You know, a lot of people don't know that, you know, well, they know I left school early as a junior, but they didn't know that 21 years later, I went back to school and got my degree, which was very big for myself, very big for my family, uh, especially for my, my daughters. So they can see that dad went to school and got his degree that, you know, they have to do it as well, per se. So um, the school has been great. The community has been great. Uh, you know, I was there for three years. That was Amherst is my second home. That's pretty much all I knew growing up was Hartford and going off to school at Amherst and in the community, the love that we had, just seeing the Mullen Center's packed every night and the support that we had for the team. You know, I can never turn my back on the school that pretty much, I want to say made me, but definitely made me as the person and the man that I am today. I think it's great. I mean, yeah, you got your degree back in uh, in 2017. 2017, uh, yes. Which is, which, is, which is just great to see. Um, and then obviously now you have, as we mentioned before, the White Lion uh, in Amherst. And want to mention again, there is a brunch with Marcus Camby uh, a week from today, uh, the 4th on homecoming Saturday from 11 to 3. Uh, it'll wrap up right before kickoff uh, at McGurk when football takes on Merrimack homecoming weekend. And uh, that should be a, a lot of fun. Um, yeah. How are your kids, by the way? How are your, how are your daughters? Uh, my daughter just turned 21 on Tuesday. So, uh, you know, she's geeking excited about that. Uh, so uh, she's out in California in school. So she'll be home today. Uh, so looking forward to celebrating that with her. So um, my kids are doing great. Thanks for asking. That's that's great to hear. Um, we've, we will wrap things up soon. We've been asking two questions to everyone on this podcast. And I think you, you're going to have a different perspective um, on, on one of them without a doubt. But first of all, obviously, you know, NIL has changed you know, completely from, from your day. And it's grown into this, this big thing. Um, but back in the day when you were in, in Amherst, if you could have had a business give you an NIL deal, what, what place would you have wanted that to be? That's easy. That's Antonio's. Oh my gosh. You know how many nights and days I've, I've, I've been there and, and <laughs> indulged in the pizza and everything. And even to this day, I was just up there for the grand opening, uh, which is right across the street from Antonio's. So I went Right across the street, Antonio, and got me some slices. So uh, that's, you know, a staple of the Amherst community. And I definitely, truly love it, pizza. I promise no one's paying me to say this. I actually have done the White Lion to to, to Antonio's trek twice You did now. the trek? <laughs> <laughs> and that's the, it's the best part because say you're having a couple beers. All of a sudden, right. you're like, okay, well, every, nothing's open except for, you know, like for food at, at you know, after 10, 11 at night. And so then you go there and, you know, you're waiting with a bunch of, you know, kids who are coming from the bar. And it's like, great. You know, it's like the, it's the closest I feel to the, uh, you know, this being a student again. 
So you definitely, definitely, definitely need that grease to coat that stomach. hundred <laughs> percent. I feel terrible about myself the next morning, but I'll do it all again the next week. Exactly. Um, <laughs> the last one for you that we've been asking everyone, and I'm really curious who you would say, and, and you can say yourself for this one, but if you were down one in a game, which UMass basketball player all time would you put the rock? Who would you put the rock with? Like, who are you trusting with that game winning shot? Oh, that's easy. Uh, another Hartford legend, the late, great Mike Williams. Uh, he's, I've seen him do it since I was a little kid. We used to play against each other growing up. And I used to see it for the first couple of years at UMass. You know, we're down one, two, put the ball in Mike's hands, and he's going to make a shot. He's going to make a play for us. And he's had so many game winners throughout his career. Um, you know, he's probably the most clutch player in UMass history. And um, oh, I'll miss him so much. God bless him. You're, he's been a popular answer, and uh, I think it's uh, I think it's really great that people are keeping his memory alive because that's uh, yes. he's been he's been I want I, I want maybe like fifty percent of people have said him, and everyone who's everyone who saw him has said has mentioned him at some point, um, which is like I think really meaningful. Um, last one, I guess we'll we'll wrap it up here. But um, for people who are are interested in in you know coming out to the White Lion um, for this brunch. Uh, what's the best, you know, it's obviously 11 a.m. a week from today, but uh, anything else that you want people to know about sort of what, what you have cooking on the business side of things? Well, you know, we have the White Lion down in downtown Amherst. We have the Marcus Canby IPA. Uh, you know, I have, still have the scholarship uh, fund in my, mo- my mom's name at the University of Massachusetts. So I have a lot, of, a lot of things that's brewing, a lot of things that's upcoming. But right now it's all about the White Lion. It's all about the Marcus Canby IPA. Love it. And of course, now while Marcus Canby jerseys and sweatshirts are are also for sale at the UMass store, we had a great conversation with folks from the trademark and licensing office. And that's uh, really good to see one of the best logos of all time, by the way, the the, the the (laughs) I appreciate that. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Well, Marcus, thank you so much for hopping on. And uh, thanks for everyone. Thanks to everyone who listens to our Commonwealth Conversations Everyday Minuteman Stories brought to you by the Mass Collective. Make sure you get to brunch with Marcus Canby. Saturday, November 4th, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. in Amherst at the White Lion, 24 North Pleasant Street. Thank you so much, Marcus. We'll talk to everyone soon. Thank you, Nate. I appreciate you, buddy. Thank you. Talk to you guys next time. Hey, it's Matt Cross from UMass Basketball, and I've got a slam dunk insurance recommendation for you. I'm a Massachusetts native myself, and I know the importance of hometown loyalty and toughness. When I need insurance as tough as me, I choose Amherst Insurance. They've had UMass basketballs back for decades, and they'll have yours too. Trust me. Amherst Insurance isn't just an insurance agency. They're a part of our community, deeply rooted in Massachusetts values. They understand the hustle, the spirit, and the pride that defines us here. So if you're looking for a hometown insurance agent who's got the same drive and determination as me, it's Amherst Insurance all the way. And remember, when you make that call or visit thenathanagencies.com, tell them Matt Cross sent you. UMass fans, Josh Coney, the latest addition to the UMass basketball family. The energy here is unreal, and let's not forget UMass football season is revving up, and I'm all in. Now listen up. Moving can be a hassle, but five college movers made my transition seamless. Mention my name, Josh, and you'll not only score exclusive pricing, but tickets to a UMass basketball game of your choosing, courtesy of five college movers. So UMass fans, let's rally for football, get ready for basketball, and when it's time to move stress-free, team up with five college movers. Go UMass.